0: You're listening to The Riverwalk, the preaching ministry of Beth River Baptist Church in Winsboro, Louisiana. Today, we're going to keep going through the book of Joshua, and we are going to talk about when Joshua met Jesus. An interesting story indeed. Thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoy. We're going to continue in the book of Joshua today, and today I'm really excited to share this message with you. It's one of the more particular, perc- peculiar, I guess? passages in the Old Testament. is how I want to say it. It's in Joshua chapter 5 we're going to look at. I think it's important that you don't forget where we're at today and who Joshua was and what's went on throughout the history. Uh, We we read, we started this sermon series talking right about who Joshua was. Joshua was Moses's successor. Joshua was the one that's going to lead the people into the promised land he led these israelites across the jordan river he started out by sending spies and taking great risks to go to jericho there he found the harlot rahab and rahab she shared how they had already known about the israelites they already knew about the god and how they were scared to death of our god Um, in chapter three and four they crossed that jordan river Last week we read in chapter 4 about them setting up the memorial stones, how Joshua didn't want the people to forget, and how our lives should be as a memorial stone. So when people ask why we're different, we should be ready to share. In chapter 5, they have crossed the Jordan River now. They have entered Canaan. They've entered the Promised Land. The first parts of chapter 5, Joshua spends time circumcising all this new generation. And then you see that no longer, no longer are they forced to eat this dry manna from the sky. But now they're able to eat the fruit from the promised land. They're there. God has answered the prayer. And now they, they have went. And now they're going to start going and growing some more. They're going to start having more conquests. They're going to have victories. They're going to have defeats. But before all that happens, Joshua has an interesting encounter in Joshua chapter 5, verse 13. It says, And it came to pass, when Joshua was by Jericho, that he lifted his eyes and looked, and behold, a man stood opposite him, with his sword drawn in his hand, and Joshua went to him and said, Are you for us, or for our adversaries? So he... Notice the capital H there. So he said, "No, but as commanded, uh, commander of the Lord, as commander of the army of the Lord, I have now come." And Joshua fell on his face to the earth and worshipped, and said to him, "What does my Lord say to his servant?" Then the commander of the Lord's army said to Joshua, "Take your sandal off your foot, for the place where you stand is holy." And Joshua did so. Really, whenever you read the book of Joshua, you see Joshua just being the new Moses. Everything that Moses went through, Joshua went through. This is Joshua's burning bush moment whenever he has an encounter with the commander of the army of the Lord. But here's the question. Who is this man? Who is the commander of the army of the Lord? This is why I think it's one of the most interesting passages in the Old Testament because it's a little bit of a head-scratcher. And I'm going to tell you Brother Kevin's opinion, and i tell you you're free to disagree with me if you won't, but Brother Kevin's opinion was this was a moment when Joshua had an encounter with the pre-incarnate Jesus Christ. I believe with all my heart Joshua saw Jesus right here. Now, let me tell you why I believe that. In 1 John 4.12 and in John 1.18, it's pretty plain. It says, no man has ever seen God. No one's ever seen God. That's what the New Testament says. And why have we never seen God? Because God the Father is different than us. He's a a spiritual being. He's a, a spirit being. He's omnipresent. He's omnipresent. We can't go into His presence. But references to the Trinity, references even to Jesus, goes back all the way to Genesis 1. In Genesis 1.26, God said, let us make man in our image, our likeness. I believe Jesus was present in the garden. In Genesis 3, Adam and Eve heard God walking in the garden. Who would be walking except God is Jesus? Colossians 1.15 describes Jesus as being, it says, he is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. That's Jesus. Joshua, when you see this, Joshua thought this was a man. It's almost the exact same encounter that King Nebuchadnezzar had when he looked in the fiery furnace with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And in Daniel 3, verse 25, he said, I see four men. I see four men in there. And they have no hurt. And the fourth looks like the Son of God. Now you could say this could be an angel. Well, I don't think so. Because unlike other angel accounts, Joshua wasn't afraid. He just freely approached this man. This man, the commander of the Lord's army, something different. He did not refuse Joshua's worship. It says that Joshua fell to his face and and he worshipped this man. And the angel or whoever it was didn't say, no, don't worship me. He received his worship. And finally, who does the Lord's army answer to? I think you find that answer in Revelation 19.11. John the Revelator wrote in Revelation 19.11, And I saw heaven open, and behold a white horse, and he that sat upon him was called Faithful and True, and in righteous he doth judge and make war. His eyes were as a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns, and he had a name written that no man knew but he himself, And he was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood, and his name called the Word of God. And the armies which were in heaven followed him upon white horses, clothed in fine linen, white and clean. And out of his mouth goeth a sharp sword, that with it he should rule the nations. And he shall rule them with a rod of iron. And he treadeth the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of Almighty God. And he hath on his vesture and on his a name written king of kings and lord of lords all the way in revelation verse in revelation 19 you see Jesus having a sword commanding the armies of the lord the entire bible church sometimes we get this mixed up the entire bible from genesis 1 to revelation 22 it all points it all points to one person to Jesus Christ, that's who it points to. And that's who I believe that Joshua encountered here right besides Jericho. So what can we learn from Joshua's Jesus encounter? What can we learn from his encounter? I look at Joshua's encounter and I see a man that did everything right in this moment. He he didn't abuse this encounter. He did everything we should do when we encounter Jesus as believers. The first thing I want you to notice was the answer. The answer. Joshua sees this man. He sees that, that this is a man that's got a sword. He's obviously a man of, of power. And he says, whose side are you on? Are you for us or are you for our adversaries? That's the question we all want to know. And the response was simply No. So here's the first thing, church. We don't need to worry. We need to stop worrying if God is on our side. But rather, we should be sure that we are on His side. This response, this no response in verse 14 makes it clear. There's only one will. There's only one side. The victory that that Joshua would encounter would not be Joshua's victory. No, it would be God's victory. And I want to tell you, bringing that right here today in 2021, if Beth River Baptist Church is going to grow and go, it will not be because of anything Brother Kevin's done or will do. It will be because of what God has done and what God will do. He gets the glory, he gets the praise. Joshua didn't ask. He didn't ask God. He didn't ask Jesus. He didn't ask this commander to be on his side. He didn't say, hey, you're the commander of the Lord's army. Please go with me. Please. I need you on my side. I don't need you to be over there. I need you to be on my side. No. Instead, he desired to be on his side, asking what was asked of him. What does my Lord say to his servant? Lord, what do you want from me? I don't need you to go with me. I need to go with you. We would do very well to stop trying to make God our own personal butler. Think about that. That's how our prayers usually go. God, I need you to go with me to this situation. I need you to give me this. I need you to do this. I need you to do this. I need you to do this. And we always ask selfishly what he can do for us. But what Joshua did was the exact opposite. Joshua needed military aid. He needed help, but he did the exact opposite. He says, hey, what do you want from me? Church, that should be our prayer. Not what can you do for me, God, but what can I do for you? How many times do you ask God what he wants you to do or where he wants you to go? Church, I I really suggest that you, you look at Joshua's encounter here. And I think that should be our first question every single day. Even before you you have your first cup of coffee, you should sit there for a minute every day and just say, Okay, Lord, today is your day. I'm your servant. Where would you like me to go today? I'm yours. What do you want of me today? But not only not only on those everyday occasions, but on the big occasions in life. Listen... There's so many big decisions we make in life that we just leave Jesus out of. You're a young man or a young woman. Listen, your concern really should be a little bit less about who you want to marry, who you want to spend the rest of your life with. And maybe you should ask the Lord, God, who do you want me to be with? God, send me to her. Send me to him. Where do you want me to be? Maybe a big decision like like where you're going to work or where you're going to go to college. Maybe your question should be, God, where do you want me? Where do you want your servant to serve? Where do you want me to work? Don't be afraid to, to say that prayer, young person. God doesn't call everybody to be pastors. If you're afraid, he's going to call you to that. Don't be afraid. What's your will in this situation, Lord? God, I know how I would like it to work out. But what's your will? What do you want? What does the Lord say to his servant? That should be our prayer every single day. Because you know what? Here's the truth. Every one of us in here, every Christian, and I would even go as far as to say even people that aren't Christians, we all want God to be involved on our own personal battles. We just do. We expect God's going to get on board with the battles we face every single day. God's going to fight for me. God's going to be here for me. We want God involved in our battles. But church, if you want God involved in your personal battles, then you must be willing to be His servant. If you want the commander of the Lord's army to fight for you, well, you need to listen to the commander and go where He tells you to go. That's the only way we're ever going to know if we're on the right side is by being His servant. Man, I look at that, and I want that to be my response. What does the Lord say to his servant? What do you want from me, Lord? You see what Joshua did here? Also, the second thing he did, Joshua worshipped. Joshua worshipped. It said, and Joshua fell on his face to the earth and worshipped. Joshua worshipped. Now, I want you to not overlook that. I want you to know I believe that's a very significant part of this story. This is Joshua. Joshua, I mean, he is, he is going. He's growing. Things are going good for Joshua. He's obviously a pretty powerful leader. The people have accepted him as a leader. People are answering to him. He's the commander of Israel's army. And in this moment, Joshua sacrifices his pride, this mighty man of valor, and he falls to himself, falls to his face, And he worships this commander of the Lord's army. Essentially saying that, yeah, God's promised me the victory. God's promised to be with me. But he essentially said, Lord, this is not my fight. This is your fight. It's not my position to lead you. It's your position to lead me. Wherever you lead, I'll go. These are not my people. These are your people. This is not our land This is your land, and I am not my own. I am yours. I am your servant. He sacrificed his pride, and he worshiped in this moment. Church, when we encounter Jesus, we need to start worshiping. What is worship? Worship is sacrifice. If you are not sacrificing, you are not worshiping. Worship. Worship should be an everyday thing, not just a Sunday thing. Worship by sacrificing your pride and singing loud on Sunday mornings. Worship by coming to the altar and pouring your heart out. Worship by sacrificing some of your finances and giving your tithes and offerings. Worship by sacrificing and giving up sin that your flesh so badly desires and embracing God's will. Worship every day by making time for God, making time to have a prayer life, making time to read your Bible. Any kind of sacrifice you do for God and Jesus is an act of worship. It's all an act of worship, and it should occur every single day. If you want God involved in your battles, then He demands your worship. I'm confident that this was Joshua's Jesus encounter. But I'm not so confident about the next part of this. I don't know if it was God the Father or Jesus that, that stepped in in chapter 6. It's the same. The Trinity is the same. But I want you to look at the result of this. What's the result of following Jesus? Following Jesus leads to victory every single time. In chapter 6, I believe the, the, thing, the conversation continues because he's right beside Jericho. In chapter 6, verse 1, it says, Now Jericho was securely shut up because of the children of Israel. None went out, and none came in. And the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have given Jericho into your hand, its king and the mighty men of valor. You shall march around the city. All you men of war, you shall go all around the city once. Then you shall do six days, and seven priests shall blow seven trumpets of ram's horns before the ark. But the seventh day you shall march around the city seven times, and the priests shall blow the trumpets. It shall come to pass when they make a long blast with the ram's horn, and when you hear the sound of the trumpet that all the people shall shout with a great shout, then the wall of the city will fall down flat, and the people shall go up, every man straight before him. This is a story that we learn in Vacation Bible School. It's an awesome story. You can just picture the the walls just falling down, and and chapter 6 is all about that. And you can read about that, but what I want you to know about it is it all starts with following Jesus. If you're following Jesus, you will have the victory. That was the response. After he he bowed down and he worshiped and he said, "What do you want from your servant?" The response was, "Look, I have given Jericho into your hands. See, it's in your hand, Joshua. This is all you have to do." Church, if you're following Jesus, you're going to have the victory every single time. You may lose a battle, You may get hurt, you may have some battle wounds, but I promise you, you're going to have the victory. Following Jesus leads to victory. Jesus don't lose. He never has and He never will. But here's the other truth about this. Jesus sometimes takes you on a scenic journey to get there. Here's the thing, when I come to a wall in my life, you know what I'd like God to do is just knock the wall out the way. We want the easiest way. We want the quickest way to victory. But it does not always happen like that. Just picture Joshua for a second. Joshua was there when God parted the Red Sea. We just read about how God parted the Jordan in flood season in one simple act. And here he is. He's right at Jericho. The commander of the Lord's army is right there with him. The wall is right there. He literally sees the people. And I'm just sure of it that Joshua's probably like, okay, let's get this done. And here this man tells me that I've got to march around it seven days. And then there's got to be a shout and a trumpet and what's going on don't make sense why don't we just do it right now and the truth is church i don't know why and i don't think joshua knew why but you know what joshua didn't ask any questions about it jesus god says hey march around this blow some trumpets shout with a loud voice and then them walls are gonna fall and joshua could have said no i don't feel like waiting that long I don't feel like waiting. I've got a strong army right here. They're scared of us. We know they're scared of us. We're going to go in right now. No, Joshua didn't question. He just did. He just did. And I just want to tell you, church, so many times when we're following Jesus, we don't understand why Jesus does the things he does. Some of you here, you may be parents and you may have a a teenager that's fallen astray and you may want to see them saved. You probably wanted to see them saved yesterday, five years ago, ten years ago, and you don't know why it's taken so long. And I can tell you, I don't know why either. But all I can tell you is, is if God's still telling you to pray, then don't you stop praying. If God's still telling you to trust, don't you stop trusting. Some of you may be dealing with all sorts of situations today. It may be a, a, a spouse that's having a hard time, and your marriage is having a hard time, and you're praying, God, just fix it right now. I'm ready to have a good marriage like I see in movies, and I'm just ready right now. And maybe it will happen today, but maybe it won't. And all I can tell you is, just follow Joshua's example, and just listen and do. Until that day comes... You still be the godly husband. You still be the godly wife. You still be the godly mother. You still pray for your spouse. You still do as you're told to do. You do your best and you just trust God with the rest. That's what Joshua did in this moment. We've seen God do some mighty things in our lives. And we know God can do anything. And sometimes we we come to a wall, we come to a situation, and we wonder why we have to wait. Truth is, we won't ever know why we have to wait. We just have to trust that God knows best. Joshua was willing to follow any and all instructions, even if they sounded crazy, because he knew that he was following Jesus. He was following the commander of the Lord's army. You know how significant that is? When you have a chance to follow the commander of the Lord's army. Listen, so many times, and, and it's not a wrong image, don't get me wrong. I, I believe the, the Lord's my shepherd and I love this image of, of Jesus and his sheep. I believe I am a sheep. I proudly say that I am one of Jesus' sheep. But you know what else Jesus is besides just being a shepherd? Jesus is the commander of a great army. Jesus is coming back with His sword. Jesus is coming back on His horse. And every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess. And let me tell you something. Jesus is a good shepherd, but He is more than just a good shepherd. He is commander in chief. It's Him, folks. It's Him. Listen, when the shepherd tells his sheep to do something, when the commander, when the general tells his soldiers to do something, We don't need to get in the business of saying why. We don't need to get in the business of saying no later. We don't need to try to bend His will to our will. Those of you that that have been in the military, let me just ask you something. How does it work out whenever your general gives you a command and you say, Maybe tomorrow, general. Or maybe the general gives you a command and he goes, You know what, that sounds like a good idea, but I'm going to do it my way. Maybe I'll just march around at once. Maybe I won't shout so loud. They don't work out in the military. And they don't work out in God's army either. So listen, my question to you today is what instructions is Jesus giving you today? Jesus calls you to be his own. Jesus calls you to be his shepherd. He calls you to be his soldier. He calls you to be his servant. And there is not a sheep, there is not a servant, there is not a soldier that Jesus does not give instructions to. Every one of us, He tells us to do something. Some of them are are plain Jane black and white. But some of them we have to listen to to God's Holy Spirit that lives inside us. What is God telling you to do today? Maybe God's calling you to come to the altar and pray for a friend, a family member, a loved one. Well, I pray at home. I pray all the time. What does it matter if I come to the altar? I don't know, but if God's calling you to do it, I would do it. Do you know who we're talking about here? The commander of the Lord's army? What kind of person would say no to something like that? Maybe God's calling you just to surrender your life to Him today. Well, I prayed a prayer when I was in Bible school. I know I'm saved. I don't need to do that. Why do I need to do that? I don't know. But if God's calling you to do it, do it. Maybe God's calling you to to church membership. Well, I've been going to Beth River Baptist Church all my life. Nobody's asked to see a membership card. Nobody really cares. Why does God care about that? I've got a little insight on that one because 1 Corinthians 12 says every member is important. And showing the world and being a serving, sacrificing church member is important. If the commander of the Lord's army is calling you to join a church, who are we to say no? Maybe God's calling you to to baptism this morning. Well, I know baptism doesn't save me. I know I'm saved. I've accepted Jesus as my Savior. Why do I need to be baptized if for no other reason, maybe because Jesus told you to? Maybe because Jesus did it in obedience, maybe you should follow His example. Maybe today God's calling you to sacrifice. Maybe God's calling you to sacrifice. Maybe He is simply calling you to some matter of service. Maybe He's calling you to start giving in some sacrificial manner. Maybe God's calling you to ministry. Whatever the commander of the Lord's army is telling you to do, don't put off that decision. Victory only comes when we follow the commander. If we trust Him as our shepherd, if we trust Him as our commander, then we have to trust ourselves to follow His commands and His instructions. And when we don't, We suffer consequences every single time. Thanks for listening today. I hope you enjoyed the message. I hope you understood it. I hope you'll resolve to be on God's side going forward. I hope you'll resolve to worship, and I hope you'll always remember that following Jesus leads to victory. Thanks for listening. Have a great week.